Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Good morning. Final goodbye. The nation pausing to honor the life and legacy of Senator Bob Dole, lying in state at the Capitol ahead of today's funeral and public memorial. His beloved wife, Elizabeth, pausing in a poignant moment of love and grief as President Biden leads the emotional tributes from Republicans and Democrats alike. America has lost one of our greatest patriots. We're live in Washington to reflect and remember an American war hero and political powerhouse. Much needed boost. Health officials greenlight an extra dose of Pfizer shot for 16 and 17 year olds, opening the door for millions more to get that added shot before Christmas. Will it be enough to stem the tide of COVID and a winter surge? Convicted actor Jesse Smollett found guilty of staging a hate crime against himself and lying about it to police. Straight ahead, his reaction to the verdict and the potential prison time he now faces. Here it comes, a powerful winter storm begins moving across the country. How much snow can we expect? Al's full forecast just ahead. Stepping out overnight, Alec Baldwin attends his first public event since the Rust shooting after posting a letter denying allegations of a dangerous and chaotic set. This morning, the very latest on the investigation. Today, Friday, December 10th, 2021. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie, live from Washington, D.C., and Hoda Kotfi, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to a split edition of today on this Friday morning. Craig's back in the studio in for Hoda once again. And I'm actually in Washington, right in front of the National Cathedral on this day, where the nation will remember and honor the life and legacy of Senator Bob Dole, Craig. And what a day it's going to be in Savannah. You're actually taking part in some of today's events as well, right? Yes, here at the cathedral, the president will speak. There will be dignitaries, and then there will be a public memorial. Anybody can come to the World War II memorial, which, of course, Senator Dole loved and fought for. There will be speakers, including Tom Hanks. Uh, I will be addressing the crowd and General Mark Milley. So it's going to be a day of a few tears, but a lot of really fond remembrances. We'll have the latest from here in just a moment. And there's a lot more to get to back here as well, including what you just mentioned, that major storm that set to dump snow across much of this country from California to Michigan. Mr. Roker is standing by with a forecast to help plan that weekend. Meanwhile, in the fight against COVID, another group is now eligible for that third booster shot key to battling the virus and its variants. Older teenagers, 16 and 17, able to get the shot at a time when pediatric cases are on the rise. We've got everything that parents need to know this morning, Savannah. 
All right, but we want to begin here in Washington, where the late senator and war hero Bob Dole is being honored. He is lying in state at the U.S. Capitol ahead of today's funeral service, followed, as mentioned, by a ceremony at the World War II Memorial. NBC's Kelly O'Donnell joins me now. Kelly, good morning. Good morning, Savannah. It is a special morning. And as the nation remembers this public servant, a war hero, presidential candidate, fierce advocate with great wit, this passing seems to mark more than one life ending, but an era passing as well. This morning, a Washington farewell for a remarkable American life. A celebration of Senator Robert Dole that began with one last journey to the U.S. Capitol with all its timeless tradition. In the rotunda, where in 2018, an ailing Senator Dole had summoned all his strength to stand and salute President Bush, Thursday, his widow, Senator Elizabeth Dole let her head gently fall to his flag-draped casket as she publicly grieved for her husband of 46 years. His only child, Robin, wiped a tear as leaders paid tribute to her father and his bravery as a young soldier in World War II. A wounded warrior who spent decades carrying fellow veterans and Americans with disabilities on his shoulders. The costs of war never faded for Dole, who then turned to politics, rising to the highest level of Senate leadership and the Republican Party's nominee for president in 1996. When campaigns ended, he embraced advocacy, a force behind Washington, D.C.'s World War II Memorial. Thank you for your service. Bob Dole was a champion of those whose lives were marred by struggle, who came not from citadels of privilege, but from humble origins like his own. Throughout his public and private life, he fought for Americans, from tackling hunger to advocating for those with disabilities. What made Bob Dole the one? I love his compassionate heart and uh, the, the fact that he'd love to feel that each day he could make a difference for at least one person in need. Those who came to honor Dole's near century of life came from both parties, the military, the U.S. Supreme Court. The president offered a silent prayer. America has lost one of our greatest patriots. And read some of Dole's own words on unity. I've always served my country best when I did it, so first and foremost, as an American. And the president will eulogize Bob Dole today right behind us at the cathedral. What else is planned? And he spoke of the real genuine friendship. Certainly we expect President Clinton to be here as well. We also know that some of the people who are part of the Senate life for Senator Dole will be here. This church will be packed. It will be a real sense of his life and service. Then going to the World War II Memorial, where you will take part along with Tom Hanks. This is a chance for the public to really gather. And when you think of a lasting memorial, this will certainly be a place people will be reminded of Bob Dole. And that is a chance for the public to gather in this COVID era. And then there will be more. This is a son of Kansas we're talking about. <laughs> and the senator's casket, his family will travel to Kansas and there will be multiple events and an opportunity for the public there that he so long served to visit, to attend services and to honor him one more time. I was with him on election day in 1996 wow. outside that childhood home in Russell, Kansas at his polling place. 
This is his final trip to Kansas, and then he will come back to Washington, where he will be ultimately interred here. Those details still to be worked out. We could scarcely talk about Kansas <laughs> without a tear coming to his eye. And there yes. will be lots of little touches that honor yes. his, his broader legacy today. Yes. One of the things in this moment when we talk about accomplishments and how few there may be in Congress, Bob Dole has a long record of bipartisan accomplishments and we'll hear a lot of that today things that he did that affect people's real lives in real ways today from hunger to disabilities to veterans lots of ways that in public service he made an impact kelly o'donnell so good to have you with me here this morning thank you and we should mention nbc news will have special coverage of today's memorial events on many of these nbc stations craig will send it to you all right savannah thank you meanwhile in the battle against the pandemic and rising covid cases the nation's top health Officials are expanding access to COVID vaccine booster shots. The FDA and CDC now paving the way for everyone 16 and up to get that extra layer of protection, hoping many will do so before the Christmas holiday. NBC Sam Brock joins us with more on that story. Sam, good morning. Uh, Craig, good morning. You might recall only a few months ago there was heavy disagreement within the medical community about boosting this exact population. But now those third shots will be available for older teens today as their importance and protection is increasingly evident. In the strongest signal yet that booster shots are a critical weapon in curbing COVID-19, the FDA and CDC signing off on third doses of Pfizer for 16 and 17-year-olds six months after their second shot. This after the agencies declined to include those same 2.6 million teens in a booster expansion a couple months ago in September. So 16 to 17 isn't the game changer, but it does signal that young, otherwise pretty healthy populations like children are likely going to need a booster. CDC Director Rochelle Walensky noting in a statement, although we don't have all the answers on the Omicron variant, initial data suggests that COVID-19 boosters help broaden and strengthen the protection against Omicron and other variants. And experts say even younger kids could be next. Vaccinations will keep me safe and it will keep my brother too. So far, less than 20% of 5 to 11-year-olds have received their first shot. But with COVID numbers rising, the urgency is accelerating. Younger people are seeing breakthrough infections, and hospitals in a handful of states, like Indiana and Pennsylvania, are under siege. Probably several thousand people are in, are in line to have surgery who can't be operated right now because of our uh, COVID numbers. We're starting oxygen on COVID patients in the hallway, and those hallway beds are often double and triple bunked. At the same time, overwhelmed healthcare workers are burning out. I'm tired of it. Us nurses, other co-workers, respiratory therapists, all the medical team, we are tired. And all of those Thanksgiving get-togethers may be driving this latest jump. The fact that we're seeing so many new cases does not bode well, and especially going into a holiday season that looks to be even busier than Thanksgiving. Now, a COVID-weary nation facing the arrival of Omicron, the need for another shot, and another round of holidays. And for parents who are wondering about available boosters for younger kids, the 12 to 16 year old age bracket, that's gonna be next. Those kids are about five to six months removed from their second dose right now, which means, Craig, scientists need to look at data to see if there are signs of waning immunity from that point onward. We're looking at about three to six months for approval and application for those kids. Craig. Sam Brockforce there in Florida. Sam, thank you. Savannah?
Meanwhile, after losing his latest legal fight, former President Trump is one step closer to being forced to hand over documents and records to the House committee investigating the January 6th insurrection here in Washington. But the showdown appears to be far from over. NBC's Chief White House correspondent Peter Alexander with the details this morning. Hi, Peter. Good morning. Savannah, good morning. Nice to see you. This was a unanimous ruling by a federal appeals court that former President Trump could not prevent the January 6th committee from getting hundreds of White House documents about the former president's actions on and leading up to what the court described as a singular event in this nation's history. Mr. Trump's spokesperson reacting overnight, tweeting, this case was always destined for the Supreme Court. This morning, the fight between former President Trump and the January 6th committee could be headed to the Supreme Court. The committee is trying to get a hold of more than 700 pages of White House records to examine Mr. Trump's role in the lead up to the Capitol attack. And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. The court finding that in disputes over executive privilege, the sitting president retains that privilege over a former one. Writing Mr. Trump's lawyers provided no basis for this court to override President Biden's judgment. I think a very significant decision on the merits. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi praising the decision. I'm not surprised because we knew we were on solid ground. I'm not sure that the uh, former president accepts that reality yet. The ruling could complicate former Chief of Staff Mark Meadows and others' effort to fight the committee's subpoenas. After initially cooperating with House investigators and turning over thousands of text messages and emails, Meadows this week abruptly reversed course. It's all about wanting clarity uh, under the law and, uh, and, and preserving that executive privilege that Donald Trump has rightfully claimed. He's now suing Pelosi and the committee. The panel's top Republican, fierce Trump critic Liz Cheney, touting the committee's progress, saying they've already met with nearly 300 witnesses, including four more key figures Thursday. Overnight, Cheney and the committee's chairman, Benny Thompson, writing, our work moves ahead swiftly. We will get to the truth. So Mr. Trump's lawyers will likely now file an emergency appeal with the Supreme Court to block the release of those records. The appeals court put a two-week pause on releasing the documents that are right now in the hands of the National Archives to give Mr. Trump's lawyers time to file that appeal. Savannah. All right, Peter Alexander at the White House for us. Thank you, Peter. We've got lots we're going to get to on this Friday morning as we say good morning to Tom Yamas. Hey, Craig, good morning to you. Yeah, actor Jesse Smollett is now a convicted felon. A Chicago jury found him guilty of lying to police and staging an elaborate hate crime attack on himself. NBC's Megan Fitzgerald is in Chicago with more and all the reaction to that verdict. Megan, good morning. Tom, good morning to you. A jury of six men and six women were tasked with combing through evidence over the course of a seven-day trial to try and figure out if Jussie Smollett was in fact the victim of a hate crime or if this entire thing was a big lie. This morning, former Empire star Jussie Smollett found guilty of lying to police about being the victim of a racist and homophobic attack. Jurors deliberating for two days before reading the verdict in a packed courtroom filled with Smollett's family. The actor showing no emotion. Mr. Smollett had faked a hate crime and then lied to the police about it and then compounded his crimes by lying to the jury. Smollett spent two days on the witness stand, telling jurors that two masked men attacked him in downtown Chicago in January of 2019, yelling racist and homophobic slurs and putting a noose around his neck. Do you want to take it off or anything? Yeah, I do. I just want to talk. 
But the prosecution painting a much different picture, telling jurors it was all a lie and that Smollett paid his acquaintances, the Osendiro brothers, $3,500 to orchestrate the whole thing. The brothers were the prosecution's star witnesses, testifying Smollett gave them a $100 bill to buy supplies for the attack and wrote the check for them to carry it out. Smollett, who didn't speak after the verdict, always maintaining his innocence. I've been truthful and consistent on every single level since day one. I would not be my mother's son if I was capable of one drop of what I've been accused of. In the end, vindication for the Chicago Police Department, who publicly called the crime a hoax, even filing a lawsuit against Smollett to recoup overtime pay spent on investigators working the case. Shortly after the verdict, the city releasing a statement saying the jury's findings of guilt convicting Jussie Smollett of criminal charges stemming from the incident confirms that the city was correct in bringing its civil lawsuit. The attorneys for the two brothers saying their clients are now vindicated too. My clients Ola and Bola Osundairo could not be more thrilled and pleased with the result today. Now the actor will have to wait for this final chapter to be written to see if he'll have to spend time behind bars for this real-life drama. A pre-sentencing hearing is scheduled for the end of January. Smollett expected to be sentenced sometime early next year. Uh, while he does face up to three years in prison, legal experts say it's more likely that he'll receive probation because he does have a clean record. Tom? And that's the big question, what will happen to him. All right, Megan, thank you for that. All right, time now for that first check of uh, Friday weather. And here's the thing, you're looking at not just the winter storm we were talking about, but right. severe weather as well. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a bizarre kind of uh, bifurcated map right now in that we've got winter weather advisories and severe weather on the same map. So stretching from California all the way to the UP of Michigan, we're talking about winter weather advisories, watches, and warnings. But then in the Ohio and Mississippi River Valleys, we've got severe weather to talk about. In fact, for that area, you can already see we're seeing snow in those regions. 25 million people at risk uh, tonight into tomorrow. Strong nighttime tornadoes possible, the most dangerous, uh, damaging winds and hail. Now, we watch this system come out of the Rockies. It's going to make for difficult travel in the upper Midwest and the plains today. Overnight, this risk for severe weather starts firing up from Louisiana to Indiana. Tomorrow, that cold front approaches the East Coast. We're looking at isolated severe Severe storms from the Ohio and Tennessee River Valleys. Snow stretching anywhere two to six inches of snow from the Cascades, the Rockies, all the way into the upper Midwest. One to two inches of snow per hour. Thunder snow most likely. That's how intense this snow is going to be. And heavy rain from Green Bay all the way down into the Appalachians and the Ohio and Mississippi River Valleys. A lot going on over the next 48 hours. And that's your latest weather. Guys. All right, Mr. Roker, thank you. Still ahead here overnight, Alec Baldwin attending his first public event since the Rust shooting. As the star fights back against claims of a chaotic set, the letter from crew members he just posted, and what's next in the investigation itself. Plus, with Christmas Eve exactly two weeks away, inside the race to wrap up holiday shopping, Vicki Wynn in the house. She has the last-minute tips to find what you need and avoid the guessing game over whether those gifts will arrive in time. But first, this is Today on NBC. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are golden retrievers which means Tubi is more popular than using meat-flavored toothpaste. More popular than never figuring out what W-A-L-K spells.
more popular than kicking your leg when a human rubs your belly just right. Tubi, it's more popular than golden retrievers. See you in there. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're back 7.30, and this was just one of many remarkable moments in the life of Bob Dole, that standing ovation he received back on June 11th, 1996, after delivering his farewell speech on the Senate chamber floor, and then just surrounded by throngs as he walked out of the Capitol, the cheers and tears of a massive crowd of colleagues from both sides of the aisle. And of course, how poignant a quarter century later, he now lies in state inside that capital he loved ahead of today's services to celebrate his life. It was, uh, it was so touching seeing um, members of both party pay their respects, both parties mm -hmm. pay their respects in the rotunda last night. And SG, I know that you spent some time talking to the late senator's beloved wife, Elizabeth, last night as well. How, how's she holding up? Oh, she's so wonderful. I, I paid a little visit to her at her home last night, and we had a, a good time just reminiscing and talking. And actually, we talked about that very moment because she was showing me some pictures of when Senator Dole had left the Senate and all the crowds that came. And she talked about him leaving today for the, his final time, that mm -hmm. final journey down the steps of the Capitol, and then, of course, being laid to rest here. So I think it's going to be a really emotional day. She's full of gratitude and joy, but yes, she's full of grief, too. This is the love of her life. And so um, I think the way people are remembering him is really just, it's touching her and providing a great deal of comfort. All right. Uh, Savannah, we'll come back to you in just a few moments as we welcome Chanel Good Jones uh, on this Friday morning. We turn now to your 730 headlines. We're going to start with some breaking news right now. WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange is one step closer to being extradited from Britain to the United States. The United States government winning an appeal this morning in London's high court overturning a previous ruling that Assange should not be extradited. Still, more legal hurdles remain before he can be sent to the United States. The 50-year-old is wanted in this country on 18 criminal charges after WikiLeaks published thousands of classified military files and diplomatic cables. If he is convicted, Julian Assange faces up to 175 years in prison. And some sad news from the sports world this morning. Auto racing legend Al Unser Sr. has died at the age of 82. Unser was the Indianapolis 500. He won it a record four times, sharing that feat with only three other drivers. And he's the only driver in history to have both a sibling and a child also win the country's premier auto race. His son, Al Unser Jr., is a two-time Indy 500 winner, and his brother, Bobby, won three times. 
All right, also this morning we have some new details tied to that fatal shooting on the set of Alec Baldwin's movie Rust. The actor hosting an event in New York overnight just hours after posting a letter he says is more is from more than two dozen crew members who say that the set of Rust was, quote, professional. NBC National Correspondent Miguel Almaguer has been following the story from the very start, and he joins us this morning. Hey, Miguel. Hey guys, good morning. That letter paints a different picture of the working conditions behind the scenes, claiming morale on the ill-fated set was high and, quote, laughter and optimism were common, all as Alec Baldwin steps back into the spotlight again. Making a return to the stage overnight and also hosting virtually. Welcome to the Robert F. Kennedy. Alec Baldwin did not address the tragedy on the set of Rust just days after his interview with ABC News. But the sheriff's office says whatever Baldwin's recollection is, the firearm was somehow manipulated in a manner that caused it to fire the bullet that struck Miss Hutchins, resulting in her death. The investigation moving forward as the veteran actor posted this letter, Baldwin says, is from some of the film's crew. The description of Rust as a chaotic, dangerous, and exploitative workplace are false, it reads. It's common to work on unprofessional or hectic productions. Rust was not one of them. One of the crew members tells NBC News the note was signed by over two dozen members of the production. A rebuttal to allegations, the Western was riddled with unsafe working conditions, which some suggest may have led to the death of cinematographer Helena Hutchins. Concerns Baldwin says he was never made aware of. I did not observe any safety or security issues at all in the time I was there. Before the fatal shooting, crew members say several people walked off the set citing multiple grievances, including worries about safety. The letter's author writing, those disgruntled few do not represent the views of all of us. Lane Looper was one of those who resigned and retained an attorney. He spoke to us last month. Look, I, I went to work every day unwittingly playing a game of, of Russian roulette. I can't say that I regret leaving. This morning, as more questions swarm over the deadly shooting and a growing number of crew members speak out, conditions behind the scenes are once again taking center stage. So, Miguel, Alec Baldwin's wife also apparently opening up a bit about his mental health, about his state of mind right now as all of this plays out. What, what is she saying? Well, that's right, Craig. Hilaria Baldwin took to social media saying her husband has been suffering from PTSD for, quote, a long time, but it's now worse than ever. Baldwin, of course, was holding the gun and pointing it at Helena Hutchins when the firearm went off, and authorities are still working to determine whether to issue criminal charges to those involved handling the firearm. Mm -hmm. Craig. All right, Miguel Amalgar Force there in Los Angeles. Miguel, thank you. Up next, much-needed help as we enter the home stretch of this hectic holiday season. Christmas Eve shopping, you only have about two more weeks. Hey, good morning, guys. If you've been a little naughty and procrastinated, don't worry. I have some last-minute gift ideas for you, from inventory trackers to instant gifts that go way above and beyond the gift card. Your holiday solutions, that's next on Today. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are golden retrievers, which means Tubi is more popular than using meat-flavored toothpaste. More popular than never figuring out what W-A-L-K spells. More popular than kicking your leg 
when a human rubs your belly just right. Tubi, it's more popular than golden retrievers. See you in there. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Back now, 741 on this Friday morning with today's holiday handbook. And folks, the clock is ticking. Here's your public service announcement. Just two (laughs) weeks to go until Christmas Eve. So the big question this morning, where are you on shopping in a year that has been complicated by supply chain issues and shipping delays? Yeah, NBC's investigative and consumer correspondent Vicki Wynn is here with help for all of us that have been procrastinating. I got to say, Vicki walked in. She looked serious. And she's like, she's ready to tell us, like, you need to start shopping. Like, this is the time of year. It's our Super Bowl. We're serious about shopping, getting you what you need. And I have been saying shop and ship early. And some of you You've done a great job. You've listened. You're on the nice list. Others, you know who you are. You still have some work to do. But this morning, we have some last-minute gift ideas for you that are guaranteed to arrive on time. It's a holiday season like no other. With a stressed supply chain, shoppers facing the dreaded out-of-stock message everywhere. Those notices nearly tripling compared with pre-pandemic levels. Apparel seeing the most shortages, followed by sporting goods, baby and toddler products, and electronics. But if you still need to buy some in-demand items, you can check online marketplaces. Just expect to pay big. Sony's PlayStation 5 with disk drive retails for $500. But on eBay, some sellers have it listed for more than triple the price. Other sites to check out, Mercari, Craigslist, and Facebook Marketplace, where you can deal with local sellers. If you find that perfect gift, meet the seller somewhere safe, like a police station, during the day so you can get a good look at the item before you buy it. And beware of scams. If you see a hard-to-find item heavily discounted, it's probably not real. If you're looking for electronics and toys especially, check out inventory trackers like Hotstock.io, now in Stock.net, Stock Informer, and BrickSeek. These sites allow you to search a particular product and see which retailers, like Amazon, Target, and Walmart, have it in stock. When it comes to hard to find electronics or toys, what do you suggest? You can buy refurbished or gently used. Um, There's a site called MPB that I work with. They offer cameras and video equipment. Declutter is another site. They do uh, laptops and smartphones, tablets. To avoid shipping delays, consider Bopis. That's buy online, pick up in store, and look into using a service like Shipped which sends a shopper to pick up what you need from a certain store and deliver it to your door same day. If you need a Christmas miracle, the elves at dealnews.com offer these ideas. Digital gifts like personalized video messages from celebrities using the sites vShout or Cameo. Subscription services like Spotify, Netflix, and Hulu. And one-time or monthly gift boxes, which can ship immediately. But make sure you check to see what's in them and read the reviews. 
And if you are not picky, I'll say this, waiting until the last minute might pay off for you if you're willing to shop in person. Dealnews.com says it expects retailers to offer major discounts on Super Saturday. That falls on December 18th this year. Speaking of important yeah. dates, mm -hmm. the Postal Service is now out with its shipping deadlines to get your gifts in time. So just how close can we cut it? Yeah, okay. Asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> get out the pen and paper. We've got it here. December 15th is going to be your last date oh, for retail ground. Yeah, December 15th. Okay. Priority mail, December 18th. And if you really want to cut it close, Craig Melvin, 23rd, December 23rd. 23rd. You've got to go Priority Express. Here's a sad admission. What? Two out of the last three years, we've done Priority Express. I know. And every year we do it, I, I say, I'm never gonna do it this again. is not worth it. Because oftentimes no. the shipping is more expensive yeah, than the gift. Right, it gets out of control. It's a lot of money. So. Yeah. I'm uh, starting today. All right, yeah. let's do it. Thank you, Vicky. <laughs> Thank you, Vicky. Uh, Mr. Roker wasn't listening to any of that because he finished, <laughs> yeah. he finished his <laughs> shopping. He did not feel sorry. He finished his shopping. You're so perfect because you're a violinist. I don't do that. <laughs> well, we're going to make you feel a little better. Let's all get take a ride on the roller coaster temperatures. Here we go. Hands and feet inside the car. Dallas, you're going to be two degrees above what you were today from yesterday. Springfield, six degrees up. Paducah, 12 degrees warmer. St. Louis, the, you're right at 68. But then that cold front comes through. Oh, everybody drops. Look at this, St. Louis. You're going to drop 20 degrees tomorrow. Paducah, 16. Little Rock, 24. We head down south. Dallas, you're a 26 degree temperature drop. Austin, a 23 temperature degree drop. What about the Northeast? All right, let's get back in. Who wants to go on another ride? Yeah, here we go. Roanoke, 16 degrees over what was yesterday. D.C., 16 degrees warmer. New York, 18 degrees warmer. Boston, 19 degrees warmer than yesterday. But, uh-oh, here we go. Take the big dip. Look out, Boston. You're going to drop 16 degrees. Nine in Hartford tomorrow. 23-degree temperature drop in Philadelphia. Washington, D.C. will see a 21-degree temperature drop. Down to Charlotte, 57. That's 14 degrees colder than it was 24 hours earlier. Rest of the country today, we are looking for some heavy snow developing through the northern plains, below average highs out west, and some severe storms starting to break out in the central plains and on into the Ohio and Mississippi River Valleys. We're going to have a new game in the next half hour. Yes. Listen to Craig Wine. What? <laughs> Listen to Craig Wine. Oh, my goodness. Did, did anyone survive the roller coaster? Yeah. Uh, that was we lost awesome. a couple people off the <laughs> Kudos to your graphics department. Yeah, yeah that was awesome. That was Brian like Van Aken. Officially my favorite guy. forecast of all time. Well done, Brian. There you go. Uh, when we come back, a crisis facing a gentle giant of the sea. Carrie Sanders shares a firsthand look at an unprecedented effort getting underway to save Florida's endangered manatees. But first, these messages. Back and look who's back. Good to see you. Coming up, Savannah sit down with the stars of Don't Look Up, Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence. Plus, it's showtime on Popstart. Your first look at the highly anticipated series. It's all about oh, the L.A. Lakers' rise to dominance in the 80s. Mm. I don't like that. But I didn't even know that was in the works until I saw it. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.